You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, Asbury, for those who have not met yet, my name is Matt Penny. I'm the RD of the Cool Dorm on Campus Trustees. It's uh, it's a privilege to be here this morning. We're going to have a great chapel. I don't know if many of you are still thinking and lingering on the question Dr. Brown left us with, which was, does it work? Does your faith work in the landscape of the controversy and chaos and culture we find ourselves? And so we're going to continue in that space and that sentiment of our uh, chapel frame today, thinking about love in action, heart holiness, things we've been centered on this past semester and year. And so it is my pleasure to be able to introduce who our speaker is this morning. It's someone we all know and love. He's one of my favorite friends on campus, a beloved coffee drinker alongside me, uh, Greg Hasseloff, Reverend Greg Hasseloff. <laughs> Greg is also a soon-to-be doctor, so make sure you're praying along his writing efforts as he concludes that journey. But Greg is a dear friend, and for those who don't know, if you're new to Asbury, just new to maybe knowing his legacy on campus, I want to read a little bit about him. Greg has been serving as a campus chaplain since 2008. Were y'all born in 2008? I'm trying to think. Okay. Greg holds a Master of Divinity degree from Asbury Seminary across the street where he also earned an MA in counseling, soon to finish his doctorate as well. He has loved 15 years of ministry with college students because of his college experience when the Lord brought such radical transformation in his own life through chapel. Through other events such as small group discipleship, missions, and helping counsel young couples, Greg has found his passion and his reason for staying in his ministry among college students. Greg is also a native from Texas. You'll probably hear him mention that. Greg's a native of Texas, and with his wife, Jennifer, they are both from, or she's from Washington State. They have three wonderful and beautiful children, Ellie, Molly, and Isaac. As a family, they love spending time at the beach in the Northwest, as well as gardening, and you may hear a funny story about his skiing trip over the break. Greg, if you haven't met, is honestly one of the, the gems of campus. He's a reason Asbury continues to thrive and carry the spirit of revival and fervency for transformation that it does. And so you're going to be blessed this morning. And so just to kind of tee up Greg for where he's going, as we think about love in action, heart holiness, I'm reminded of myself this idea that the invitation of the Christian life is not mere imitation of being a good person. It's not mere imitation of trying to look like Jesus. And although imitating Christ is part of the practice of growing, the real call and invitation of the Christian life is that we would be implanted with the Spirit of God, that the life of God would dwell in us so that we are now imparters of new creation to the rest of our, our world. And so to realize that we're called into this movement of not mere imitation, but actually implantation for the sake of impartation. And so we're going to practice that movement today. Uh, another thing we're going to do after we sing is you're going to have your class sponsors come up and commission and pray for you. And so they'll kind of explain some of the way that's going to work. But as they pray for you, realize this is more than just them getting up here and reciting some words over you. This is truly a moment for you to receive the commissioning of God, receive the commissioning spirit uh, into your life and to walk forward in movement and in boldness. And so as we journey into worship together this morning, would you join me in prayer? I'm going to ask you to stay seated, but would you bow with me and take a posture of prayer? Heavenly Father, we come, God, expectant, available, and ready. God, for you to move. Um, God, would we be open vessels, God, to have your spirit pour into us as this semester begins, asking ourselves this question, does our faith work? And God, if it does, how would you move us to action this semester, starting now? 
And so, Father, be in this room. God, be present among us. Stir our hearts towards greater vision for your mission in the world. And, God, let us be light into a dark world that God just honestly needs a sense of hope, a sense of love, um, and, God, just a sense of joy that no one else can give. So, Father, we bless your name. God, we lift up, uh, God, our voices this morning. God, that you would be magnified and exalted among us. God, that there would be no name lifted up but yours. And so, Father, it's in your son's precious name we pray these things. Amen. Good morning, Asbury. It's been about a month since we left for Christmas break. So a couple of things reflecting back to last month. The day that finals were over, about 50 of you left on a set-apart retreat to Panama City Beach. So shout out to December set-apart. Are you out there? Yeah. You're all... You're a little bit more awake than you were when you left after finals that day. So uh, another set apart coming up this May. An incredible opportunity for you guys uh, to experience that retreat together. And uh, something else happened that when, when Christmas break started. I saw this uh, video compilation of uh, dozens of chapel speakers saying, Among us, among us, among us. I have to say that it's kind of sus. <laughs> and on the other hand, I did laugh out loud. So if you can produce more humor of this quality, this semester is going to slay. <laughs> Last August, we launched chapel with this question of who are you becoming? And in the fall, we asked the question in this way, what do you love? Because what you love powerfully shapes who you are becoming. And we were around this theme verse in Scripture at the very center of the New Testament for us, the great commandment. And Jesus spoke words that every Jewish person knew, the Shema from Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And he did something very Jewish. He started two sentences with the same word. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And after pulling this first part of the command from Deuteronomy 6, he recited a different command from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, that started with the same word, love your neighbor as yourself. And the sentences in Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19 started with the same Hebrew word that says to us, you shall love. And so to Pharisees who are always having debates with Jesus and always having debates about which of the commands was the greatest, Jesus linked these two verses together in a way that we had seen no one else do and that we had seen nowhere else in Scripture to say that this is the greatest commandment, to love God with all of your being and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so this theme of becoming keeps pressing into us. It will echo across the rest of the semester. What kind of person are you becoming at loving your neighbor? And on Monday, 
We had an amazing first day of chapel hearing from our president, Dr. Brown, about why Christian faith makes a difference. Matt reminded us about those words and how we were led into the semester. Soon, we're going to be able to provide two flex credits every time Dr. Brown speaks in chapel because you definitely get two times more chapel from a Greg than a Greg sermon. You get two times more from a Dr. Brown sermon. So soon that will be coming. On Monday, as we reflected back, Dr. Brown made this reference for us that Matt reminded us of, that the world is asking a question of Christians. Does it work? And he told the story of Johnny Cash that elicited this response from his producer. The problem is, I don't believe you. And those two stories, as they frame where we're headed this semester, it reminds me of very similar words that were shared uh, from Brendan, Brendan Manning, uh, most uh, known probably for writing the ragamuffin gospel. And he said the greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and they walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. So we're challenged of who we're becoming. And let's hear scripture together. If you will stand, uh, we'll hear from Galatians chapter 5 as we dive in together this morning. In Galatians 5, starting with verses 4 through 6. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness from which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And going down to verses 13 through 16. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the last 30 years on the Supreme Court, two of the most visible judges were Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Antonin Scalia. And they've both died in the last six or seven years. One stood visibly with the liberal side of the court. And the other was one of the leading conservative voices in the Supreme Court. And the two of them were friends. 
There's all kinds of stories that exist about the kind of friendship that it was exchanged between those two judges. Once Judge Scalia was with another friend and his friend watched him and witnessed him ordering two dozen roses to send to Ruth Bader Ginsburg on her birthday. And he's like, why are you sending her roses? I don't even send two dozen roses to my wife on her birthday. She has never sided with you on a 5-4 vote. And Judge Scalia had this response to his friend. Some things are more important than a vote. And in 2023, when we talk about what it means to love, we know that we're sitting in an atmosphere and a culture where politics has become its own kind of religion, where polarization becomes the new norm. How do you and I as Jesus followers love a different way? How do we become people who love well? And in the book of Galatians, in a chapter that is often read for other purposes, but in this book that is often called the Magna Carta of Christian Liberty, we hear a call. Paul declares in the start of chapter 5 that Jesus has brought liberty from the power of guilt and sin. It's only the grace of God that gives us freedom. And Paul was addressing this issue of legalism in the letter to the Galatians. He was taking on a crowd of Judeans who said that you have to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses to be a righteous follower of Christ. And Paul was emphatic that Gentile Christians didn't have to become culturally Jewish to remain faithful. Freedom in, Ju- freedom in Jesus flows out of a relationship with him and it flows out of a relationship with other Jesus followers. The first verse that I'll highlight from this chapter that we heard together is verse six. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love, not circumcision nor uncircumcision, faith working in love. This verse was at the pinnacle of John Wesley's theology on holy love. And when people would make this accusation of John and Charles Wesley that their preaching on holiness was legalism, they would come to this verse, to this passage. It's not circumcision or lack of circumcision. What matters is a life of, of faith that has love flowing out of it. And so Wesley preached that when faith in Jesus really saves us, it expresses itself through actions and through how you react. It expresses itself when you're full of the kind of love that came from Christ and when you're led by the Spirit. Love in action that can capture the attention of an unbelieving world 
is love that is born from faith in him. And what counts is when that faith is expressed in love. So Galatians uses this word agape five times and four of those times are in this chapter, in chapter five. Verse 13, my brothers and sisters, you are called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Dorothy Day uh, was a famous Catholic social worker. She started this incredible movement of volunteers in the, in the Catholic church last century. And she loved to recite the line from Father Zosima and Dostoevsky's The Brothers Karamazov. Love in practice is a harsh and dreadful thing compared to love in dreams. Love in dreams, you and I know, is pristine. It can be romanticized. It's uncomplicated. It's potentially self-indulgent. It's completely idealized. And serving one another humbly in love is a whole different vision. To serve one another in love is something that we often see tested in the covenant of marriage, of what it means to be with one another in sickness, what it means as a parent or someone that's taking care of kids or even being with a friend and having to clean up vomit, that there is a whole different kind of journey of what love really looks like. It may be a different vision than you imagined in your current roommate situation. It may be a whole different challenge. And the question may be less about what you imagine in that relationship and what if it's more about being the person that the other person imagined. There's a whole different kind of direction that we're called to. And somehow Paul is saying that you are called to freedom and that serving one another humbly with agape love is freedom. Love in action is love that is laced with humility. And Paul's third use of this word agape in verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. James 2 says it like this, if you really keep the royal law that's found in scripture and love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. When the expert in the law stands in front of Jesus and the way Luke writes and tells the story, it's actually that expert in the law that, that recites the great commandment. He says it. And Jesus responds. You know how he responds. He tells the story of the good Samaritan. And you know the story who showed mercy to his neighbor. And Jesus finishes the story and says, 
do this and you will live. You will live the life that is really life, is how our president would say it. And Romans 13, it echoes the same reality that love is the fulfillment of all the law. This, this final segment in Galatians 5, it sets up the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. And if you look through the works of the flesh through a different lens, through this lens of the great commandment, then you could look at it in an entirely different way because they can sometimes be called the sins against love. It's like a big list of how to give love a bad name is this list that we often go to in Galatians 5. But life in the spirit, it's the only way, the only way for us to fulfill the great commandment. The founder of Methodism, John Wesley, he had this set of general rules. And they reflect so deeply the wisdom of Paul in Galatians 5. Wesley's simple rules were do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. Can you repeat those with me? You've got them. Do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. And you hear those and to me, it sounds like, do not participate in the works of the flesh. Do no harm. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There is to be no restraint. Go and do them, it sounds like, do good. And at the end of Galatians 5, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Stay in love with God. And your relationship with God at the start of 2023, which one of these words of Paul catches some hunger in you to walk in the Spirit? Do you desire to be, to be led by the Spirit? Do you long to live by the Spirit? Are you asking Jesus to help you keep in step with the Spirit? The first two rules sum up how to love your neighbor. Do no harm. Do good. And this third rule sums up how, the, how you're empowered to do it. As you step into your routines this semester, what are the spiritual practices that you have in place in your relationship with Jesus? Spiritual practices include how you carve out time for scripture, how you carve that time out for prayer and journaling. And another way to stay in love with God is spiritual community, like a small group or a banded discipleship group. 
There's QR codes down here on the altar and on the stage. If this is the month and the semester for you to take another step forward, grab one of those. It's an application for small group, banded, for mentoring. We would love to help you get in one of those places. Love in action, it's born from faith. It's laced with humility and it flows from this place of living in the spirit. To close today, I want us to corporately pray a prayer from Mother Teresa. She was recognized as a saint in the Catholic Church six years ago because she epitomized the life that is devoted to loving others, to loving outcasts, to loving those that are alone, to loving marginalized, to loving others that are isolated. And her prayer has this convicting edge to it that shifts our loves. There's one challenging word in this prayer and you can just give it your best effort. There's a little parentheses that follows that word and we we don't need to recite that together. So if you would stand... And before we sing to close, let's pray this prayer together. Deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, from the desire of being popular, from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the suffering rebukes, from the fear of being calumniated, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. Amen.